Hello, and welcome to another podcast by Touchstone Financial Education. My name is Elliot Cox, and we are a platform designed to educate people on retirement, investing, as well as overall financial planning. And to my regular listeners, thank you for taking time out of your busy day and our growing base of listeners. Thank you. And all you new listeners, hopefully this is your first podcast with me. Welcome. There are others, and you can find them on our website at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. We also have a page where you guys can submit suggestions on things that you would like to hear. And we are getting suggestions, so thank you. Again, you're listening, you're interacting. I love it. We love it. It really helps us and guides us as to where we want to go with these podcasts and then ultimately where we're going to go with our YouTube channel, updates to follow on that one. Hey, so today we're going to be talking about options, but before we start that, I'm going to back up to my last podcast from a couple of weeks ago on 218. I'll tell you, we were discussing how to do research, but I didn't share any information on where to do the research or perhaps how to interpret it. So I'm going to back up a little bit and start there before I get into options. So when we're doing research on exchange-traded funds, mutual funds, individual stock positions, we talked about how to put together a watch list and watch all the news, etc. Okay, great. Well, where do I go to put together the watch list? Are there any other sources of information outside of my investment platform that I can use to help make better decisions in and around my retirement investing? And of course there are. And here's a few that I like. Again, no skin in the game. I'm not affiliated with any of these. These are just tools that I use to help me make better decisions. The first one I'd like to mention, of course, is Older Than the Hills, and many of you have heard of it already, but it's called Seeking Alpha. You know, you could look at it on your desktop, laptop, tablet, phone. I use it on my phone. I love uploading my positions that I'm interested in, and of course, I track all the news through Seeking Alpha on those positions as well as the broader market. So if you're not at a place where you're ready to open an account but are interested in investing, Seeking Alpha is an excellent platform that provides free information as well as a paid side. And again, they've been around so long, their street cred is 100%. It is excellent. Another platform that I like, of course, is Motley Fool. And Motley Fool and Seeking Alpha both have been around so long that they actually started as newsletters. Love it. Same thing. You could use it to help find ideas around investing as well as add to your watch list. Something else I use very briefly is called Finviz, F-I-N as in Nancy, Victor, Idaho Zebra, Finviz. Finviz is a little different than Seeking Alpha and Motley Fool in that it is a screener. Now, a screener is a way to establish parameters around different metrics or different forms of analysis when we're looking at mutual funds, ETFs, or stocks, okay? Whether it's earnings per share, dividend yield, size of company, which we call market cap or market capitalization, revenue number. There's so many different categories in there. And once you kind of populate these categories, it will pick stocks, if you will, or ETFs and the parameters you decide to use on that website will narrow your focus. So you don't have to spend a lot of time hunting and pecking 
for ideas on many different platforms. Now, again, Seeking Alpha, Motley Fool, Finviz, I'm not affiliated with any of them. I just use them myself. I really enjoy them. Also, I had mentioned a little bit in my last podcast about chat GPT, trying to incorporate that into my analysis. I tell you, I like it. I did put together a watch list using that. Not ready to disclose the results yet because it has only been about a month, but it was interesting putting that together and more to follow on that as I discuss options. So again, when we're doing our research, Seeking Alpha, Motley Fool, Finviz are just a few of these wonderful tools out there. Oh, and by the way, I also use my platform. So those of you who are using Schwab, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, and now Fidelity is trying to catch up to the Schwabs and things of the world, I'll tell you, they also have screeners built in. So utilize those tools to help you build out a way or a framework for watching your investments. Now, one of the things with many of these well-established platforms is that they have uh, prefab or already made platforms, or excuse me, not platforms, they already have pre-made screeners if you'd like to use those. Again, just cutting down the time on um, uh, putting together your watch list. That's all this really is. So I wanted to inject that before I continued on with options. When we're doing our watch list, find tools that make it the most efficient way possible for you to track investments that you are interested in or already have. As long as you get news stories, etc., that follow those positions and your phone dings, you get an alert, a buzz, whatever it may be that you need to kind of keep you organized, go for it. Now, with that being said, let's get into what I would like to discuss today, which is options. Now, options is going to be a pretty broad category, you guys. And so I'm going to take probably the next couple of podcasts to discuss them. Now, I won't discuss them through the whole podcast because it's very dense in terms of information. So we'll do a little bit at a time at the end of each of my podcasts. I'll review a few things like IRAs and taxable investing while injecting information on options all right and just to clarify this is going to be a discussion on options that are traded in the open market not the ones that you get from your employer okay so this is a little different and just to begin an option is a contract that's it an option is a contract now this contract allows you to buy or sell a stock within a certain period of time at a certain price. And that time frame we call duration. It's kind of similar to bonds. Um, and, and a lot of the language around options trading is quite informal. So we'll just stick with that. It's duration. So from now until the time an options contract expires, that's duration. And we can calculate value from that. More to follow on that later. Also, The strike price, the price at which the contract can be exercised is very important. So we have duration and we have price or strike price as it's called. And we use options to either hedge our bet to protect ourselves from a volatile market. We use options to leverage to get into a position that maybe we don't have all the money to buy all the shares we want. And also options trading being much more volatile than the stock market 
for some, it is a great way to make a little bit of money or maybe even a lot of money in a very short period of time, but it does take time. You really have to sit there. This is why I wanted to discuss options after creating a watch list, because you need to watch the underlying stock position that you are interested in that is attached to some options before we go ahead and commit our money. And I must say this, options are much more volatile than the underlying stock position. You can make some decent money at it, but you really have to sit in front of your computer, tablet, phone, whatever to make that happen. This is going to be more for the average investor, how to utilize options if you're at a place where you would like to try that. All right. So these options are split into basically two big categories. Calls and puts. C-A-L-L, -L, like a phone call and a put. I'm going to put something to you. OK, a call can be used as a bullish strategy just like a put can so we're not going to get into strategies today but the call option allows you to either purchase a stock at a particular price the strike price with certain within a certain period of time the duration okay that is a bullish call strategy buying a call is the most common option strategy out there so let's say we like a stock like NVIDIA, for example, but we're not quite sure we want to commit a lot of resources to that position. So what we could do is we log into our platform, and this would be more for the Fidelities and Schwab's, TD Ameritrade's and E-Trade's and Interactive Brokers, okay? We log into our platform and we take a look at the options pricing and we find that options pricing in what's called an options chain. Now the chain is just a quote system for options, all right? And you will have a screen on your platform designated to options for a particular stock. Usually you have to type in a ticker symbol. In the case of NVIDIA, it would be NVDA, Nancy, Victor, David, Alpha, right? And I know I'm using acronyms that are kind of creative here, but I just wanna make sure you guys understand that when we're looking at NVIDIA and we want to buy a call, we go to the options chain, figure out our price duration, because those components, duration and strike price, go into the overall price of the option itself. And again, we do this when we're exercising a bullish strategy, the most simple bull strategy in options trading, which is to buy a call. All right, now let's say we have a stock like NVIDIA, and I'm going to make up a price here. We like NVIDIA at $7 a share. Okay. Don't have the money to commit to it yet, but we think the position is going to go up. So we can go in and buy an option. This is, again, a contract that gives us the right to buy the stock at a certain price. And let's say we buy in at 7 and the strike price or the price at which we can exercise the contract is $9 a share. So we're buying it below the strike price, hoping that it goes up, let's say before the end of July this year. All right, so as the stock increases in value, so does the options contract. And if it does hit that $9 a share, you are within your right to exercise that contract to acquire NVIDIA stock. Now the question becomes, 
how many shares do I get per contract? Well, that's 100. Every contract, every options contract represents 100 shares or informally, again, here's that informal component, we call it a round lot, okay? A round lot is 100 shares, an options contract is 100 shares. So you can see how this language coalesces and you'll find that as you kind of do some homework and you're learning about options trading, all right? So we've got NVIDIA at $9 a share. We can exercise the contract and buy 100 shares of NVIDIA at $9 a share, or we can turn around and sell that option back into the market. And a lot of options traders do not exercise to acquire the underlying stock. They just turn around and sell it, make their little profit and move on to the next hot thing that's got some momentum behind it. And by the way, I did do a podcast on technical trading, actually a couple of them, and momentum. And this is where options trading kind of comes in. So that's why we need to understand or have our watch list so we know what's moving to go ahead and place our dollars in options contract. It's very important, especially because a lot of options trading is more short term, meaning it's it's not day trading, ladies and gentlemen. This may be, I don't know, six, eight week. You can actually get some options contracts that go out two years and those are called leaps. I know this is a lot of information right now, but we're going to go ahead and break that down over the next few podcasts. Again, not the whole podcast now because I know it's a lot, but we'll continue with the second half of the podcasts going forward on options and strategies around options. So the most simple strategy is to buy a call, the ability to purchase a stock at a certain price within a certain time frame. But guess what? There is a flip side to that. There is a bearish strategy in and around the use of calls. So every options contract, you can either be a bull or you can be a bear. The buying of a call is squarely within the bull camp. Now, selling a call, also known as writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, like your handwriting, writing a call is a bearish strategy. So in short, we are counting on the stock to decrease in value. And where does this make sense? Well, for many people who have had, let's say, individual stock positions for a very long time, they haven't sold them. Maybe you've got some profit built in because, again, you've had them for so long, you're looking for the right time to sell. Well, to take a little bit of emotion off the table, you can write a call or sell a call. And what that means is you're giving someone the right to purchase your stock within a certain time frame, duration, at a certain price, the strike price. Okay, so you have to have at least 100 shares of that underlying stock. Remember the round lot. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of informal language used around this. You have at least 100 shares of, let's say, NVIDIA. You are going to write or sell a contract. And for the time you have written that contract, you have to hold on to the stock. Your platform is not going to allow you to sell the underlying stock attached to that options contract. Okay. Now, let's take our example of NVIDIA at seven, moving up to nine, but instead, right, back then, back then, it was like five minutes ago, 
we were bulls. We wanted to exercise the contract at nine, make a little money or sell it back into the market. In this case, because we are bears, we want it to go from seven, maybe down to five. And here's why. As a seller of a contract, we collect what's called a premium. That means that when we purchase or we sell, excuse me, an options contract, we are either paying or collecting money. Okay. We are either paying or collecting money. If we are selling the contract, we collect a fee, if you will, for giving someone the right to buy our stock within that certain time frame for that certain price. All right. Now, if NVIDIA, as in our previous example, goes from seven to nine, your stock is going to get called. You get to keep the premium and you sold the stock, but hopefully you were going to sell it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But ideally, when we are selling calls, when we are writing calls, it is bearish because we want the stock to go from seven to five, because if the stock does not reach that strike price, if it does not get to $9 a share and that contract expires, guess what? We keep the underlying stock and we keep the premium and we can continue doing this over and over and over until our position is sold. Now, just real quick, the price of that option does fluctuate in the market, much more volatile than the stock market, right? But when we're writing calls, you will notice that as the stock decreases in value, the contract that you've written should have increased in value, okay? So that's how we know our bearish position, our call writing is working, all right? Again, we're gonna keep that premium. We're gonna either let go of the stock because we had to sell it, or we get to keep the stock. So the money we make on selling a call or writing a call comes from collecting that premium and keeping that premium, as opposed to the bullish position where we are buying a call. Remember, when we are buying the call, we are paying money. We are paying premium for the right to buy that stock at a certain price within a certain time frame. Okay. And the money we make on the call then comes from the increase in value of the underlying stock and of course the options contract attached to it. So when we're a bull, we want it to go up and we will pay for that opportunity. We will pay a premium for that opportunity to experience that increase in value. Whereas when we are writing or selling a call, we make money by collecting the premium and then perhaps selling or letting go of the underlying stock. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, I said at the top of this podcast, I'm going to kind of discuss these options in very small bits because I want to review this today. I know it's a lot, but a call option to review is an opportunity for you to either buy or acquire a stock at a certain price within a certain time frame or sell it, collect a premium and do it over and over again. These are two of the most basic principles, strategies around options trading on the call side of the grid. And by that, I mean, there's another contract called a put, and I mentioned it briefly, 
but next time we will get into puts. Okay, so today was a call only and an option is just a contract. Remember that an option is just a contract. All right, so just to kind of wrap this up, thanks for listening. Whoops on not including information on where and how to do our research. So I hope I cleared that up again. Seeking Alpha, Motley Fool, Finviz, and there's a few others, including the platform you're using to invest that will help you make decisions with the least amount of time while being the most productive. That's the whole idea behind the watch list and the parameters around screeners like Finviz. All right. And then again, just to kind of wrap this up, options, calls, puts, they are contracts. We went through the calls today. If you have to listen to this a couple of times, thank you for doing so. But I will review calls and call strategies once again before I continue with puts. Thank you guys for listening. I know this one was a little more dense with information than my previous several. I truly appreciate it. For those of you that are interested in more of the technical or momentum trading, uh, please listen to the podcast that I put out on technicals and momentum, etc because it does tie into option strategies. Thanks once again. My name is Elliot. This is Touchstone Financial Education. You can find all of our information on our website at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And by the way, we do put out market updates between these podcasts, so you can kind of keep abreast of what's going on in the market, as well as the information provided through the podcasts. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and take care.